creativity ties into hope as something that reminds me I don't ever have to be perfect. Day to day, I have the ability to change and adjust. Prior to TBI, I definitely lived a life of like, just this level of perfectionism that I feel like sustaining a TBI helped release me from that. If something's not going the way that I expected it to, creativity reminds me that I am adaptable and that I can change and I can go with it. And it may be a different picture in the end, but it's still art. There is always hope and you are not alone. Hi, I'm Christabel Braden, and this is my brain injury podcast, Hope Survives. Here, we share information, education, and support for the brain injury community. This is an uplifting podcast to bring hope to your darkest days. As a survivor of traumatic brain injury and multiple concussions, I know what it's like to struggle to find hope. I don't want anyone to feel as alone as I did. And that's why I started my online community called Hope After Head Injury. This podcast is an extension of that, and I'd love to invite you to join along as we explore the realities of life with brain injury with messages of encouragement, interviews with doctors and professionals, and survivor stories. No matter where you're at on your journey, there is always hope. With a little hope, you can make it through today. With a little faith, someday you'll get through the pain. Just a little love is enough to light the way through your darkest night. Hope survives. Hope survives. Hope survives. Welcome back. Hope Survives family. So glad you decided to listen today. I am so excited about this episode with my friend and fellow brain injury survivor, Allie Rayum. She is an advocate for creativity in brain injury recovery, and today she's going to share her story, and we're going to talk about some of the benefits of creativity in post-TBI recovery. We're also going to talk about what it means to have a creative mindset in recovery, including some examples on planning and pacing and life balance. Allie's also going to share how incorporating creative things such as art in her rehab therapies helped her to recover from her injuries. So there's a lot of great ideas, and I hope this is an encouraging episode for us this week. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a loss of identity after brain injury, and I've had some wonderful responses from you all on the last two episodes, especially last week with my mom as the guest where we got really personal. So if you haven't heard that one, make sure to check it out. It was definitely a bit more of an emotionally heavy episode, but I think it's really important in brain injury recovery to not gloss over the hard stuff to let ourselves feel it and to let ourselves experience all of these emotions and grief and the 
hard parts that come with having a brain injury. But we can't stay there. (laughs) Because if we stay in that dark place, it becomes harder and harder to keep going, harder and harder to find the light, and harder and harder to find hope. So we got to let ourselves feel, but then what are we going to do with that feeling and where are we going to go with it? So that's why I decided to follow up last week's episode on loss of identity, grieving the old life, and how it affects families with today's episode on creativity. We're going to talk about how to apply this creative mindset into recovery. So if you related to last week, I really know that this week will hopefully bring you some encouraging and practical advice on how to continue moving forward in your brain injury recovery. Or if you're a family member, to continue moving forward and to have some tools to help your survivor. We are... Not alone on the journey, and there are so many wonderful things that can help us to move forward. So that's what this podcast is all about, finding hope, tangible hope, and encouraging each other. I did want to make a note that there's one change to our podcast feed you might notice this week. I have decided to number all of our podcasts consecutively. So if you've been listening, you know that we launched season two a couple months ago, and originally I had restarted counting over from one. So in the past number of episodes, I've been referencing things as season two, episode one, two, three, etc. But that's confusing because we also have season one, episode one, two, and three. So to make things as simple as possible for all of us with TBIs and brain injuries, we're just going to have each episode have its own number. So today's episode is numbered as episode 39 total for the podcast. I just wanted to make a note of that as you might have noticed a change in the feed. Now, when it comes to creative mindset in recovery. It's about being flexible and adaptable. (laughs) And sometimes that is hard to do, but it's something that I am trying to actively practice in my own life. I'm going to be honest, the last couple of weeks, I have been having very high symptoms. And so if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you might have noticed that I have not gotten up the YouTube clips from the last couple of podcast episodes. And with that, I am giving myself grace because I haven't been able to tolerate my computer screen time very well. I've been dealing with some nausea and vision struggles with being on my computer for too long. And in order to get the clips of our interviews on the YouTube channel, it requires editing the video, cutting it down, exporting it, uploading it to YouTube, writing the description, and that is something I have not had the mental capacity for. So I've been battling feelings of guilt for not having that information out on YouTube, but I'm learning to be creative, adaptable, and flexible with myself and celebrate the win that I've still been able to get our audio podcast out each week, so I'm 
you know, going to go with that. And I appreciate all of you who are subscribed on podcast feeds and listening and with us. So with that said, I really, really am excited about this interview. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation on creative mindset in recovery. Thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed. And if you have a moment, give us a five-star review if you like the podcast, because that will totally help to get it more discovered by other people. Let's talk about creativity. Hope After Head Injury is a global online community for brain injury survivors, caregivers, families, advocates, anyone who'd want to be part of the brain injury community. I'd like to invite you to join our Facebook support group. You can search Hope After Head Injury support group on there. We also have a page and an Instagram. And every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on the Hope After Head Injury Facebook page, there's a live chat. So I've been doing this live video for over five years on the Hope After Head Injury Facebook page. So you can join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, and that has become just such a beautiful community. We also have a monthly Zoom support meeting. You can join that by visiting hopeafterheadinjury.com community. And the link for that is in the description of the podcast. We meet once a month, encourage each other on our journeys. You can either have your camera on or off, however you're comfortable. You can just listen or you can come and share some of your story and encouragement with others. It's a great time to know that we are in this together and we are stronger together as a brain injury community. I also run a group called Brain Injury Bible Study. There's also a podcast for that. If you search Brain Injury Bible Study, that should come up. And we have Zoom meetings occasionally as well and a Facebook group. You can find that information if it's something you'd be interested in. It's basically we combine faith and brain injury recovery together in that group. Now, finally, I just want to share a reminder that this podcast is for education and informational purposes only, and it's not intended for medical advice. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your physician. Let's get started in today's interview. Today, I am so excited to welcome Ali Rayum to Hope Survives Podcast. So glad to have you today, Ali. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes, it's great to have you back. So for our listeners out there, you may recognize Ali from an episode of season one of the podcast. She was on our episode called Re-Injuries and Flare-Ups and Combating Fear. And she talked about some of her journey and having sustained multiple brain injuries and some of like how to deal with the fear in in coping through that. And so if you missed that, make sure to go back and check that out. But today we're here for a different conversation. Ali is going to be our special guest on creativity today. And the reason that I invited Ali is because she's one of the most creative people that I know in the brain injury community. And Ali, what I love about you is you are not just creative in your art, like in your visual art and, you know, what people would typically think of as creativity, but you're also creative in your mindset towards recovery. 
and the way that you approach your days and the way that you approach other people. And you just seem to have this like beautiful, creative way of thinking. So I am really excited to dive into this with you today. Oh my goodness, me too. And I love what you just said. And I'm excited to talk about it, how creativity isn't just painting, right? There's so many things that can be considered creative. So absolutely, let's go for it. (laughs) All right. So let's just start out. Um, Can you introduce a little bit about yourself? I know some of you guys might also recognize Allie from her Instagram. She posts a lot of really great things on brain injury recovery. She has two accounts. She has her Allie Rayum account, her account. She also has one called Embracing Unique, which is her art account. So I don't know. Do you want to just like kind of introduce yourself? I know you're also affiliated with the Brain Energy Association. So, sure. So, yes. So, I'm Allie. I'm from Massachusetts. And as Christabel mentioned, I do a lot on Instagram. I like writing and doing these creative videos and whatnot with for advocacy for brain injury, but then also multiplying hope and helping people turn their morning into dancing and having that mindset aspect of recovery. And then I am associated with the Brain Injury Association of Massachusetts, as well as America. And I additionally work for Concussion Compass as their community manager. That's awesome. So do you want to share a little bit about your brain injury journey and how creativity has played into it? Oh boy, yes, do I. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I can't wait. Where do I start? (laughs) Well, it's so exciting for me because I love, I love encouraging other people to do it as well. So I'm looking forward to this conversation today and I'll start with the basis of my story where February 28th, 2016 is when I sustained the first TBI that really shifted my life. But I like to rewind a little bit because prior to that, I was an elementary school PE teacher a high school coach, a kids ministry director, a Zumba instructor, a stand-up paddleboard instructor. So I did all of these roles that were really embodying teaching. And within that, I never really thought of those things being creative. Like, of course, choreographing dancing for Zumba is creative. Coming up with lesson plans for the students is creative. Making posters for the gym for the kids or, you know, even just figuring out how do I creatively run a meeting with a bunch of adults as a director of a kid's ministry, like there's creativity in all of that. I didn't really see it as that before though. I kind of just did it because it was natural to me. And after sustaining TBI in 2016, there were, there were two of them. The first one I was struck in the face by a steel commercial door And I sustained a concussion and it really, it knocked me off my feet, took me off track. I wasn't working anymore. And while I was home, I had a lot of quiet time. So I ended up doing a whole bunch of organizing, which again, I didn't think of creative at the time, but it is, it's creativity to organize things. You know, I reorganized my clothes and I created a beautiful poster that says I am with a bunch of positive affirmations around it. And there we go, creativity, right? I don't even remember doing those things. I just know because they're resulted. There's pictures of them. Is that the poster that's behind you? It is. In the yes. video? So the if you're listening to this on like a podcast platform, you are uh, not going to be able to see it. But uh, we do have a video version that'll be on YouTube. And uh, I'm, I'm seeing this and it's beautiful. It's got, it says, I am. There's a circle and there's like all these 
colors coming out from it. Yes. So it is behind me for anyone that's watching. <laughs> it's it's right over here. And as Christabel said, the middle says, I am. It says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And then surrounding it are positive affirmations. And I feel like this poster is a beautiful example of how creativity is just embedded in someone. Because again, I did not, I don't remember making it at all. It's just a product that I have and I've kept it over the past few years. I've kept it since 2016 when I made it because it's so special to me. Um, but something simple like that, creative and putting it into a, a positive spin on it. So yes, that is behind me. And I'm an advocate for having inspirational things around the house too. So that was at the beginning of 2016, as I was recovering from concussion initially. And then at the end of 2016, I sustained another TBI and had a medication reaction and ended up in the hospital. So if we look at this picture of going from really active creativity, really active teaching, all of that, to then being in a hospital bed at a 10% functioning level, my journey with creativity absolutely shifted. So it became a little bit more of a passive engagement of creativity. And I really look forward to continuing to chat about that as well. So it was after that next TBI that you ended up in the hospital. Correct. So at that point, uh, which is the end of 2016, really, I say that's like January of 2017. I was in a hospital bed at a 10% functioning level, unable to speak and and walk or do anything by myself. So at that point for me, creativity was writing on a piece of paper, what I was trying to say, writing on a piece of paper to make a note for my physical therapist who was coming in at the time. Like to me, that was my creativity because otherwise my functioning was very limited. Can you share a little bit of your recovery journey from there? Absolutely. So at the beginning of 2017, when I was in the hospital at that 10% functioning level, um, I then went to inpatient rehab for a month. And when I was there, I actually was kind of sad because I didn't get to participate in therapeutic recreation at that point. And like, as we're talking about creativity today, um, I, I love engaging in these like artsy, really creative activities. And I was like, oh, I want to do this so bad, but I was at such a poor functioning level that it wasn't, we weren't able to put it into my schedule. Like my other therapies really took precedence over that. So I spent a month rehabbing back to being able to eat again and, and walk and shower and all those simple daily life tasks. Um, I also, at that point, started to color in kids coloring books. <laughs> which like I, I laugh at, but it's where I started in, in my rehab journey of getting back to this creative component. And it took a lot for me to even pick out a color of a crayon or pick out a color of a pencil to put it to paper. It drove me bananas if there were a lot of lines in the coloring pages. So I didn't do adult coloring pages. I did really simple kids coloring pages, like a teddy bear holding a heart. <laughs> so that's where I was at the beginning of 2017. So once I got discharged from rehab and went back home, I was only home for a month. And then I ended up back in the neuro ICU. Unfortunately, my body shut down again. And I was back in the hospital for a couple of months. 
I finally ended up going back home again and I moved home to my parents-in-law apartment. So I moved into this empty apartment. Now you can imagine someone who is creative walking into a completely empty apartment and being like, uh, we need something here. Right. But again, I was at such a minimal functioning level. It's like, what do you do to engage your mind at that point? I was like, what can I do with five minutes of energy? And for me, it was immediately, I was like, I need to hand letter some inspirational quotes, add a little color to it and put it on the wall. And that was the, one of the first things I did when I got home. So again, reflecting back to this concept of having something creative, but also inspirational at the same time. Um, and from that point forward, I've really just spent a lot of time rehabbing back and going from that 10% functioning level and nonverbal to where I am today. That's amazing. So creativity has been a huge part of your journey, whether you think of it as the traditional art creativity, but also just that mindset. So do you want to talk about what it means to have a creative mindset in recovery? Ooh, absolutely. This was important for me in particular because I felt like if I woke up and just looked at my schedule and was like, oh, I have PT and OT and speech and what do I have to eat to have proper nutrition. If I saw all those things as tasks, I really wasn't motivated to do them. But when it comes to adding a creative component to it, it could be as simple as adding different colors to my plate on a nutrition aspect. (laughs) It's like putting art on a plate, right? Or with rehab, we started to take components of things that I really enjoyed doing and applying them to the rehab. So for example, there was one time I had occupational therapy around Christmas time and we decided, Hey, why don't we try to hang up Christmas lights as part of our task? So it was still occupational therapy, but it was also doing something fun and creative and it looked good. And so I feel like there's that active physical creativity where you can participate in things that are fun and exciting. And maybe if you're someone who loves music, adding music in, if you love theater and acting, maybe that comes into rehab. But then also from that mindset perspective, really shifting, no, no, this is not just a task, right? This is something I get to do. And focusing on, well, how how am I going to be able to apply myself to these rehab activities in a way that I enjoy doing them. I love that mindset of this is something I get to do. I think when you have a TBI, there's just this like overarching fatigue that can just eat away at you every single day. And it's hard to find a sense of joy or purpose in what you're doing. But being able to look at the things that you need to do with a flexible mindset. You know, when I think of creativity, I think of a flexible mindset of realizing this isn't just something that I just have to do. I have to do. And also kind of realigning priorities. I think that's creative too. You know, you, you talk about planning and pacing and that is kind of having a creative view of your day or of your week. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. I'm super passionate about this. So I'm so glad you brought it up. Planning and pacing and just scheduling in general 
I love adding creativity into this because it really motivates me to balance myself out a little bit more, maybe find more of a rhythm, right? And rhythm is even creativity. So here's a few things that I like to do that I feel like could help a lot of people. One is that I add color to my schedule. So I actually visually have a wall calendar, not, not just on the screen, but even on the screen, this, this is possible, is color coding activities for the day and for the week. So if social things are in black and medical are in red and anything I'm doing virtually is in green and, you know, so on and so forth, you know, what, what do those pictures, what do those colors look like on this visual schedule, right? Like if you're painting and you have a palette of five colors, is your goal to use all five colors, right? Or is your goal to have this monotone painting? And so if my goal is to have a monotone schedule, that's all medical, it's, it's probably, it's going to look pretty boring, honestly. And so in one, one aspect, it helps me to realize, oh, wait a minute, I have too much red on my calendar. That's way too much medical. Maybe I can try to move some things around and, and toss in some black. Let's splash some black in there because that's my social life. And, oh, there's a lot of black. There's a lot of social life. Uh, but how am I doing with keeping up with uh, things like video calls or or work-related tasks? And, you know, where's that color? And how how balanced or what does that picture of things look like? So, yes, creativity in scheduling and finding a rhythm. And, and I don't think there's ever a, a true balance in life, but equaling out some of that color. But then on a daily basis, the other thing that I really love to do that I find almost like dancing every day is switching back and forth between cognitive tasks and physical tasks, right? It's like a dance, like a dance all day is, you know, do something cognitive for a few minutes. And then when I feel that cognitive fatigue coming on, switch it up, you know, change the track, go do something physical for a certain amount of time and kind of go back and forth with those things. Yeah, I love that. I love how in the visual sense, color coding your calendar helps you to keep a balanced schedule and, you know, creatively putting in different colors. I love that because it's really easy to get kind of off balance. And of course, that would look different for anyone. But I was reading this book by Christy Wright. It's called Take Back Your Time. And she talks a lot about balance. And she says, I can't remember exactly how she says it. But the overarching message was that being off balance is because you're not doing enough of the right things. It's not that you're necessarily doing too much when you're off balance. It's that, you know, it can be that you're doing too much, but it's that you're doing too much of the wrong things and not enough of the right things, the things that really make your soul come to life. And so, you know, wrong and right, I don't know if that's exactly the word she she uses, but, you know, when we think about like you said, like, oh, I have too many medical appointments. Well, these are necessities, right? But if you have absolutely zero social life, you're going to get depressed, you're going to get lonely, you are going to, your mental health is going to suffer. Or if you're spending so much time on medical appointments and with your social life, and you don't have any alone time to pray or to, you know, just listen to music or to just kind of be with yourself and to just process and maybe do art or do something creative, 
if you don't have any of that time, then you're going to feel off balance, even though your time with your friends is good. But for those of us with brain injuries, it does suck out cognitive energy. So we have to be even more careful how we spend our time and even more aware of what we're using our energy in. So I, when I think of creativity and recovery, I think of this like flexibility, this when I think of creativity, I almost think of it as like permission to fail, <laughs> permission to try. Uh, I don't know if fail is the right word, um, but there's no wrong way to be creative. So if you're an artist, right, and you're taking paint to a canvas, there's no wrong way to paint. There's no wrong way to be creative. You know, if you're writing a song, there's no wrong way to come up with a lyric. There's no wrong way to write poetry. There's no wrong way to express your creativity. And sometimes we edit ourselves before we even allow the creativity to flow. So like we edit it in our mind thinking of what are other people going to think of this? Or is this not going to be good? Or is it going to be what this or that? And you know, I encourage you, if you are a listening to this, grab a set of Crayola watercolors from the dollar store, you know, like there you can get like or from anywhere, you know, like the drugstore or whatever. Get some watercolors or get some crayons and just put some some colors to a piece of paper and just express yourself and don't edit it before it comes out. Because I find that creativity, it's more about the process than it is about the end result. Oh, absolutely. And again, Christopher, you are just hitting all these big passion areas for with me right now <laughs> today. Um, and this is absolutely something I love to encourage other people with as well, because it was a barrier for me. If I'm being completely honest, prior to TBI, I definitely lived a life of like, I was so driven. I really wanted things to be done in this perfect way, right? If I do it perfect at first, I won't have, I won't have to go back and do it again. Or just this level of perfectionism that I feel like sustaining a TBI helped release me from that. Almost like, mm. okay, I had a TBI. It's like this reboot button. Like, nope, I don't have to be perfect anymore. And I love to look at it as like imperfect, perfectly imperfect, Every time I do art now, if, if I know what I want it to look like in my mind, but it may not be coming across that way on the paper or the canvas or if I'm embroidering, you know, on the material I'm using, maybe that's for a reason, right? So to let myself go there and I can't tell you how many times I did watercolor and I accidentally dropped a piece of the, you know, a, a uh, dropped a bit of the color, I'll say, on the piece of paper in the wrong spot. And I would immediately be like, oh no, right? But then I was like, wait, why don't I just splash more color on there? And I'll, or edit that area in a different way. And I feel like allowing ourselves to enter that creative flow, as you said, this unedited way of expressing yourself, not only does it create art, but it also creates this space to process emotion and feelings. And I'm a huge advocate of the fact that not all art and whatever you want to define that as, it could be any form of creativity. So whatever, it could be gardening, it could be engineering, it could, whatever you like to do for creativity, not all 
art has to be sold. Some of it just has to be made. And I think that's another big barrier that we can come across is like, oh, well, what's the point of doing this if I'm not going to sell it? Or what's the point of doing this if no one's going to see it? Well, the point is that you are sitting down and you're allowing yourself that creative space and that flow and that mental capacity that is so unique to art and creativity. You don't find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And it's so healing. It's so healing. There's been a lot of studies on art and um, I read one recently on crafting and how it helps the brain, that repetitive motion of like knitting or something like that and how it it's, it's really good for your brain. So there's the real benefits to creativity, but I also think it just gives us a, a minute to slow down. You know, it, it takes us out of our busy life and out of all of our appointments and everything. And to just sit down and do something, whether like I'm a songwriter. So for me, creativity often comes in the form of music. I didn't play guitar before my brain injury. I never wrote a song before my brain injury. And so that was something that was new after my brain injury. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, but I don't have any creative skills or I'm not an artist or I'm not a musician, try. <laughs> it doesn't hurt to try. And, you know, even just starting with like coloring books, like Ali was talking about, there's something about the process of doing something creative with art that just takes you out of yourself for a little bit and just kind of it's therapeutic and that process can really help and you might discover a talent that you didn't know that you had yes that and it's okay to try different mediums too of expressive creativity so very similar to what Christabel was just sharing in her relationship to music that's how I was with the actual type of art of like sit down and paint and draw and whatnot. Because as I explained at the beginning, my art, my creativity was very active before very, you know, teaching lesson plans, all this literally physically active creativity. And then after slowing down because of the TBI, um, it's the first time in my life I ever allowed myself that quiet space and in doing so, of course, I was like, well, what do I do with this space? Because it's so unfamiliar to me. And so many people out there are looking to have a break in their day uh, or time to just sit down and relax. But they're like, I don't want to just watch TV all the time, right? So what do I do with that? Well, as we're saying, you know, grab, grab some watercolor, grab a pencil, grab whatever is near you and allow your mind to create something. Because once I started to sit down and experiment with different types of mediums. I had no idea that I had the ability to paint watercolor or do embroidery. I had never done either of those things in my life. And when I had ended up, I had ended up back in rehab at one point in my journey. And the second time I went to rehab inpatient, I did get to do therapeutic recreation. And I was so excited. You know, one day we were planting seeds, another day, Maybe we did a puzzle. Um, and then one day she gave me these watercolor pencils. And at first I was like, oh, okay, pen you know, whatever, these colored pencils. 
no, it's really cool because you do color like colored pencils, but then you add water and it's like, it turns it into that watercolor. And I was so intrigued by it that when I went back home after rehab, I, w- I called up my aunt because she's my, my art go-to person in my family. I was like, auntie, I'm going to need some, some watercolor and some paper and some, some paintbrushes. Like, what do you got? What can you hook me up with? And for the first time in my life, I sat down and actually painted. And I didn't know I had that ability until I tried. Now I've done that with other mediums too, and they really weren't a fit for me. So that's the other thing I want to encourage is it's also okay to try. And if it's, if you're not really excited about it, you don't have to do that. Try something else. I don't consider that a failure either. Um, I think we're all wired differently to either enjoy different things or have those different types of creativity. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And like Ali was saying, if it's not a fit, then that's okay. It doesn't mean that you failed, right? So like trying is is what creativity is about. So we've covered a lot in this. You know, we've talked about you know, creative expression as far as like art, trying something new, but also like Ali said, your daily life, your daily tasks. You know, she talked about organizing her closet, how that was creative for her. And I think the way that we approach life after brain injury, because everything's been shaken up and kind of we've had a lot of things taken from us that being able to approach our life with a creative mindset is a way to help us cope too. You know, like it, it helps us to learn how to be a little bit more flexible because we know that life can be shaken up in an instant. And we know that better than most people, that life can just be shaken up and things can be, be one way one day and the next day completely different. And so what creativity does is having this creative outlet, creative mindset, it kind of creates a little bit more flexibility in our heart, in our mind, and helps us to breathe a little easier. I totally agree with you, Christabel. And again, if if I even use this analogy of say dancing, right? If you're choreographing a dance and you're just starting to learn a dance or engage in that dance. If you mess a step, are you going to stomp your feet and, and quit dancing forever? Or are you going to be like, okay, I'll practice again and I'll practice again. Or maybe eventually you're like, well, I tried ballet and I kind of prefer jazz. Right? So if we approach that to mindset, I totally agree with you that even mindset is like dancing and we kind of got have to go with the flow and there's the ups and the downs and the rhythm of it. And if we miss a step, you know, we can pick back up, we can try again, or we can pick a different genre and, and realize that there's always this ebb and flow of us really experimenting with things and reminding ourselves that like art, um, we're never perfect. Like we just have to put things to paper and, uh, one day, one day it might be painting watercolor. Another day it might be acrylic. Another day, forget the painting, you're dancing. Another day, forget <laughs> the dancing, you're out in the garden. And the same thing with our rehab activities and with our attempts to return to anything in life, to work, to social life. And then again, that mindset, all of it is this 
okay, I'm going to try this to see how it goes. I'm going to adapt. And if this isn't working out, I'll let myself be in that moment for a minute, feel all the feels from it, and then somehow release it. And I just feel like it's this beautiful picture of all of that tying in together. Yeah, I love how you express that. So here on Hope Survives Podcast, uh, I love to just bring our listeners tangible hope. And so how does creativity tie into hope for you? Ooh, that's a really good question. Creativity ties into hope for me as something that reminds me I don't ever have to be perfect. And that day to day, I have the ability to change and adjust. And if something's not going the way that I expected it to, that I am adaptable and that I can change and I can go with it. And it may be a different picture in the end, but it's still art. Yeah, that's beautiful. So what is a final word of encouragement that you would have for our listeners today? I would say to take a step, take one step, whatever you, if, whether it was this episode of this podcast that you were just listening to or anything else in your life that you've had on your heart, go take one step with it. Because I feel like a lot of times we may tend to overthink it or overplan it. And all we need to do is take that first simple step with it. So that's what I did with art. Just took that watercolor and put it to paper. And I think we can all do that with various things in our life. So pick one thing, take one step and simply start it without expecting the end result yet or without waiting for permission for somebody. Just go start. I love it. Just start. That's beautiful. So Ali, how can people get in touch with you? We talked about your Instagrams. Um, we didn't mention Clubhouse. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. Uh, so Clubhouse is another social media app that's kind of like if you combine Zoom and a podcast together. Christabel and I and one other friend of ours run a topic-based room that we run for one hour. And there's a whole bunch of people that come join us and it's a verbal conversation. There's no video involved. Um, but say if the topic is creativity, we talk for an hour with each other about what that looks like in our lives. And yeah, we, we different topic every week. We've been doing it for almost a year now. Yeah. And the club on there is called Brain Injury Community. So if you look up Allie or myself on there, you'll find it. And uh, yes, yeah, so Allie, people can get in touch with you on your Instagram. I'll put the yes. links in the description. And yes. I highly recommend following her. She's so inspiring and encouraging. And I know that this podcast was any indication of the amount of, it's only scratched the surface of how much you have to offer and how much you have to share. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast today. And um, yeah, anything else you want to share? Well, thank you for having me and to everyone listening. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And if anyone does feel really inspired to go start something new, whether it be art or anything else, please feel free to reach out and message me and let me know because I love celebrating with people. And you could literally take 
a marker and draw a line on a piece of paper and I will have a party with you. So (laughs) if you start something new, let me know and I'm there with you. But thank you all for joining and thank you, Christabel, for having me today. Wasn't that conversation just wonderful? I love Allie and her creative and positive spirit. I wanted to let all of our listeners know that Allie is being featured with the Brain Injury Association of America for a webinar on creativity throughout brain injury recovery. This has come up and it will be on Thursday, March 3rd from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So you can register for that at the link we'll put in the bio. You can also find about it on the Brain Injury Association of America's social media, as well as Allie's Instagram and social media. So make sure to check that out if you want to learn more about creativity from Allie. It's going to be great and registration is free. So why not? And with that said, thank you so much for listening to Hope Survives Podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and you can find more on our website at hopeafterheadinjury.com. I'll see you next time. Make sure you're subscribed and hope you have an incredible week.